Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call. Get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, well, baseball is not boring in large part because of the guy that we have on right now, Keith McPherson, who is, uh, has been proving this for a while, but continues to prove this, prove this in many, many different ways on WFAN all the time. Also, the BXB podcast with Sweeney Murdy. We know, we've known Sweeney forever. Great guy, great reporter. And Keith, man, like, keep on killing it. You're doing a great job. This is what this is what it's all about. Right? We're in the heart of it. Forget about the season. Forget about the season, Keith. This is what <laughs> where this is where the brass taxes. This is where it matters, right? This is where it matters. Thanks for having me, Rob, and uh, thanks for the nice intro. Um, baseball is not boring. Uh, baseball is like so far from boring when you actually get into it, and there's so many layers to it. And I think it's funny that. You mentioned, right, forget the season. We're in the offseason. That's yeah. a huge layer. The business of baseball, free agency, moves that are made in the winter so that you can try and get a ring and win the fall classic. And, uh, you know, me being a Yankees fan, being in the New York market, we know that well. Um, probably not well enough in the recent years. <laughs> we should have had some more years where we were scooping up free agents and uh, going for it. But we're hoping that this offseason is one of those. So. But uh, Keith, I, I've said this. I think that um, I think that the off season, the baseball off season, can be as equally as popular a sport as almost anything, right? I mean, I, and you can say that about a lot of sports. But people love team building. They love the drama. They love the the idea of what might be. And like you said, you know, the Yankees. It might have been a sad trombone a little bit for the last few years, but still, the the guessing game never stops. I, unfortunately, Keith, I will say this: no deadline sucks. Like no deadline, because we're we're doing this. You know, I we just I just did a panel with Heim Bloom last night. He's like, yeah, man, my family. You know, they, uh, if anyone's praying for a deadline, it's my family because we're 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 going to sleep every single night all the way until February fifteenth, thinking, oh, what might be. But to come back to my point, like this is like this is a great sport, right? Baseball off season. 
It's year round, right? We just got past the World Series. We just got past the GM meetings. We're going to have Thanksgiving and then we're going to roll right into the winter meetings. And uh, yeah, we would like to have a NBA free agency day and, you know, NFL trade deadline and have that frenzy. But what makes baseball unique is it's not a salary cap sport like those sports. Mm -hmm. And what makes baseball unique is this thing can play out where the big fish aren't signed until spring training. Right. That's just the dance. That's the song and dance every season. Um, Yeah. It is what it is, and we know that. It's a lot of work, I'm sure, for a Heim Bloom or a Brian Cashman or Billy Epler, right? These guys, uh, especially like, you know, this season. Last year, we were locked out, so there's nothing you could do, uh, right? They had it, they had the by, winter by the off. Way, yeah, but it was good, man. <laughs> like, that's the thing that we're like, oh, great. De- December 1st comes around. We get a break. We can kick back. But then it becomes like, okay, let's get this baby going. And then, and then... You know, then we get to spring training, and it's like this mad rush to sign guys. It we'll never have something like that again. But I guess that was it. But you you raise a good point about the salary cap. Like the the fact is that especially when the market you're talking about, the Yankees, like this is a fascinating market. And I said to you before we get on, I said it seems like the Yankees are already sort of the centerpiece of the the offseason. If, even if they don't do anything, they're they're, they're the lack of a better term, like the interest kings, right? They're like agents want them, their guys to be linked to the Yankees. The Yankees probably are going to be one way, one way or the other linked to them, whether they're going to sign or not. So, is it? Do you get that vibe every single off season that okay, you know what? We're in the belly of the beast here. Of course, they're the New York Yankees, the twenty-seven time champs. They're worth six billion dollars. If you're talking money, you can't start that conversation without talking about Hal Steinbrenner and the New York Yankees, right? Because if they want to be that fully operational Death Star, they can be. And Yankees fans are looking at them like, go be that. That's your superpower. You're the Yankees. Go spend money. Go get the best players and keep them from other teams. <laughs> the Yankees have changed their approach some, but they're not going to be able to do that this uh, winter because the top free agent is their guy, Aaron Judge. They know they got to spend for Aaron Judge. They've already locked up Anthony Rizzo. Uh, and I think Hal Steinbrenner has alluded to the fact that they're going to make moves and they are going to go for it. They were in the final four. They were in the ALCS. And there's really one team that it seems like is standing in their way from getting back to a World Series. And that's the Houston Astros. Mm-hmm. And I think they realized when they got on the field with the Houston Astros and got swept, the Astros just had more talent than them. The Astros had guys that have been there more than them. Uh, and I think that's why you lock up an Anthony Rizzo, a guy with the World Series ring. He's he's done it. He knows how to uh, go through the tournament. He knows what October is about. He can share some of that wisdom and his approach with his teammates. And then he's best friends with an Aaron Judge. Right. So that kind of makes you as a Yankees fan think, hey, these guys are coming back. They're trying to win together. But at the same time, Aaron Judge owes the Players Association and all the free agents that will come after him, he owes it to them to go explore mm-hmm. the free agent market. He owes it to them to go see what San Francisco has to offer or uh, any other mystery team, maybe the Dodgers, uh, maybe the Red Sox. But, uh, you know, now last night we saw a Ken Rosenthal article about illegal communication improperly communicating uh, between the Mets and the Yankees. And, <laughs> It's interesting because here in New York on WFAN just yesterday, Evan Roberts was saying how as a big Mets fan, he hasn't even said anything about Aaron Judge in the last couple of weeks 
because we've all kind of heard that there's like a handshake agreement between Hal Steinbrenner and Steve Cohen that they're not going to go after each other's guys. They're not going to run the price up on each other's guys. Edwin Diaz was signed right as right. soon as the World Series ended, so the Yankees didn't get a chance there. Jacob deGrom is a guy that the Yankees could use, right? Everybody could use a Jacob yeah. deGrom in theory, but I don't think the Yankees are going after him. And everybody could use an Aaron Judge in theory, but I don't think Steve Cohen is going to throw the $400 million out there like some of their fans thought. And now, you know, Ken is writing an article on MLB and the uh, Players Association investigating like some tampering type of stuff between Hal and Steve. I don't know. It's already interesting. And uh, baseball is not boring. You know, no, no, man. The more you learn about it, the more it sucks you well, in, and the deeper you can get. Yeah. Well, you listen. You just you, you just said it twice. So you get officially you get a you get a t shirt, and listen, you get a koozie, you get a baseball. <laughs> like, you get it all. Yeah. Send me uh, one. I put it on my coffee. Oh bro. yeah, yeah. We all need our coffee. Uh. All right. So the Aaron Judge thing, it's interesting because. You have Aaron Judge, and you have, and everybody, I would imagine, it, what percent is it? Ninety nine percent of the people want Yankees fans want Aaron Judge. Yeah, that's a good number. Ninety nine. Okay, so I'm number ninety nine. Aaron right, Judge, exactly. everyone's well, favorite player. I, 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 I didn't mean to do that, but thank you for making me look smarter than I am. But it's, <laughs> but I will say this: here's the one percent. Here's what the one percent would say, which is you mentioned the Houston Astros. They lose their guy, right, Carlos Correa. They have obviously Jeremy Pena come up. Now I'm not saying that the 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 Yankees have the equivalent of Jeremy Pena coming up, but I'm always fascinated by baseball. And I've said this, Keith, you don't run isolations for outfielders, right? So you gotta be very careful when you allocate, even with that big a market, allocate that much money to the, that one player. Um, that said, I'd be anxious to hear from you. Is this player that important? A on the field, and then a big part of this too is that is this player that important in terms of the business side of it? Because when you invest into a player like that, you have to factor in the business. You have to think of like how many shirts are we going to have with Judge in the back. This is what Bryce Harper, uh, Bryce Harper, sure he hit a home run at the the biggest time of the playoffs. Great, you know, and he's been a nice free agent signing. But you know what's been equally as important for the Phillies over the last few years. All those Harper shirts that they've sold, that's important. So I'm going to ask you, be all, of all these things that they would allocate the money to Aaron Judge for, A, is it that important that you get this one guy knowing that baseball's nine guys? And B, is it that important business-wise? Yeah, how about Bryce Harper, right? He goes to Philly, he changes his number to three, like Allen Iverson fully embraces the city, and then he wears the Philly Fanatic headband. They sold a bunch of those headbands, too. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all marketing. It's all business. Yeah. And then the, their owner comes out and says, I don't think I paid you enough. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. well, I, I mean, I, I, 330 he, million? let me ask you that. Was he saying that like a year ago? Like, no. probably not. No. No. A trip to the World Series make you say a lot of things. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, is Aaron Judge comparable? So, A, is Aaron Judge uh, that important of a player? For this Yankees team, yeah, they don't win a lot of those games without Judge. Judge walked off a lot of those games. He hit deciding home runs in those games. He had multiple games where he hit two home runs, and that ended up being the difference. Yeah, just as a player in right field, he also played center field for the Yankees this year. Mm -hmm. His value to this current New York Yankees team 
They all watch him. They all follow him. Anthony Rizzo talks about his process before the game, how meticulous he is and his approach. That's why he gets the results that he gets. He is uber important to the club, like the guys around him, even these young guys, right? Hal Steinbrenner hinted at the fact that they would consider making Judge captain if he signs. Ooh, yeah. Going back to Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly was the captain. And Derek Jeter, before becoming captain, was a rookie that got to see Donnie Baseball go about his business and how he practiced and how he trained and how he approached the game. And I really do feel like that carried into Bernie Williams and uh, the core four with Pettit and Posada and, uh, you know, Jeter and, and Mo. They got to see a captain. Now, with Judge and all these young guys that we potentially have coming up, Yankees fans got to see Oswaldo Cabrera and Oswald Peraza, and there's rumblings about Volpe, right? Judge can be that Yankee way example as a captain for these young guys to come into the organization and see, hey, that's the marquee guy. That's the guy that just put his name uh, on the top of the record books, you know, uh, above everyone in the AL, the home run king, right? This guy did it in New York, the biggest stage, the main stage, yeah. And then for the Yankees, that's your guy. That's the guy you drafted. That's the guy you developed. He burst on the scene as rookie of the year and became this new face of baseball, new face for the Yankees, right? Derek Jeter was that guy. And the Yankees hit again. They get Aaron Judge. <laughs> you build the judges' chambers in the stadium for him. You've already sold millions of 99 jerseys. He is this era of the New York Yankees. And the Yankees have gotten away with, you know, paying him 16 million a year, 17 million a year. And he's already brought them in way more than that. So I look at this next contract coming up. The Yankees have not done a lot of these contracts since Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah. You got Garrett Cole's contract, nine years, 324 million. Even though Garrett Cole disappoints us, you know, that, that contract is what it is. They had to go outbid everyone. And the Yankees don't usually, when there's a guy that they have their sights on, like they did with Garrett Cole, who was known as Brian Cashman's white whale. Brian Cashman gets into a room with Hal Steinbrenner and they decide that they will not be outbid. We need this guy. The Yankees needed an ace of the rotation and they also needed to weaken the Houston Astros rotation. They went and outbid everyone and got cold. Surprised me because I thought there was a ceiling, right? I'm like, there's a certain amount of years and uh, AAV that they're just not going to pass they did now with judge it's going to be a similar type of thing they will not be outbid but i feel like even more so because that is their guy that is the guy they drafted developed built the judges chambers for marketed around i mean i was in the stadium as he was chasing 60 61 62 it was odd almost to see the attraction that like casual fans not even baseball fans just new yorkers are out there you know just recording Aaron Judge's every at-bat and then sitting down when he strikes out. I was in the bleachers. He hit a ground rule double, and people were like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Did, I'm like, did that go? Was that foul? And they're like, no, it was a ground rule double. I'm like, that's good. <laughs> people were, like, losing their minds and actually forgetting we have a baseball game to play and win. He's just that powerful of a figure, of a player. And if the contract ends up being dead money at the end, I think the Yankees are one rich so they'll be fine yeah, yeah, and with yeah, these yeah. with these tv deals and everything else they'll be fine too um they know that like they they they've stayed they've stayed away from 
some of these uh, A-Rod contracts and, like I said, Ellsbury contracts in the past few years, Stanton contracts, right? Now they're going to have Stan making $300 million, Cole making $300 million, and Judge making $300 million, and then they're going to hope that they have a young core of guys to fill in in between where they won't have to go and get a big fish like that again for the next, I don't know, five years or so. Well, let me ask you that. So um, you talk about, you know, not being outbid, getting the guy, and believe me, like you you just convinced me to pay $800 million for Aaron Judge. I'm ready to roll. But you do that, and, you know, I've talked to plenty of GMs about these deals. Talked to back to Matt Klintak when they signed Harper. Um, Epler when they signed Trout to that deal, um, AJ Preller when they signed them going back to the Machado deal, and all of them say the same thing, which is you can sign that deal, but you better have the guys to your point, Keith, to fill in around them. You better have the guys coming up. So I'll ask you that they sign, they do the Aaron Judge deal, even with the Yankees, all that money, you know that, that that's going to put a, a, a limit on how much you're going to spend. You're not probably not going to go out and go sign Xander Bogarts and, and a bunch of other guys, probably. I mean, who knows? But probably. Do they have the young players? Do they have the farm system to maximize the years that you have with Aaron Judge there? I think they do, and I, I think they do because – you know, they've passed on making trades for guys that they, they needed. I thought they needed Luis Castillo this year. And the Mariners go out there and put together a package that the Cincinnati Reds couldn't refuse. But I don't think it was a package that the Yankees were willing to match. The Yankees were not going to move away from Anthony Volpe. We've mm-hmm. heard about Anthony Volpe for four years now. He's supposed to be the next Derek Jeter. That's a lot of pressure to put on the kid. But uh, I, I've met him. I've met his parents. He's a solid individual. I, I think he's got the right temperament for it, and he's going to be a star. He already has been. Um, Oswald Peraza, you saw a little bit of him in the ALCS, kind of forced into action because IKF wasn't that solid. You you saw Oswaldo Cabrera at the end of the season. The kid played right field, left field, first base, second base, shortstop, third base. He's a super utility guy. His bat has come along. He's a switch hitter. They expect him to be in that, you know, infield or maybe even the outfield Jason Dominguez you saw him hit a home run I think in the futures game in LA this year they call that kid the Martian he's out of this world he's supposed to be an alien you know if they can keep developing him right they have said no to trading him those four guys are expected to be I don't want to say the new core four but they're expected to come up and be right what the baby bombers could not the baby bombers were Greg Bird and Gary Sanchez and Miguel Andujar and Glaber Torres and Aaron Judge, and the only one that panned out was really Judge. I think Glaber Torres might get traded this offseason. So I, I do think the Yankees have the talent under contract right now when you factor in an Anthony Rizzo, a DJ LeMayu. Uh, they made the trade for Harrison Bader, who had an awesome postseason, an awesome uh, October debut as a Yankee. Uh, they traded for Jose Trevino, who won the Platinum Glove, and then you know, you'll fill in the rest of the spots. If they can get this Josh Donaldson contract somewhere else, get you know, I don't know. It's tough, that $21 million. If they can get that money out of there, pay Judge, pay Rizzo, maybe go get a Carlos Rodon. I don't know. Do something else uh, to bolster this roster around Judge because the Yankees uh, are, are signaling to everyone that we were close. And we're, you know, we started off the season looking like a juggernaut. We tailed off at the end, right? They might even bring back Benintendi. Um I think the Yankees are going for it in these next couple seasons. They feel like they're close and they know that they can't take a step back. 
All right. So last thing, Keith, is that say they get Judge. You get Judge, you got Rizzo, which we haven't even talked about. Great signing. I mean, I don't how you know he's to your point, like a great clubhouse guy, still really solid player. Um, for you, what's the thing that they need to do other than those? What's the thing that they do need to do? And if you want to say a player they need to get that you feel like you are gonna make up the ground on the Houston Astros. Like what? What is it? So, and maybe it's more than one player. But what is it? What is, do they have to do to make up the ground of Houston Astros? Simple to me. You you need more contact hitters in the lineup. They were strikeout kings. They struck out so many times this postseason, and that's because there's so many guys going up there trying to be the hero, trying to hit the home run, or guys waiting for their pitch, and then it's called a strike. You need more guys that are going to put the ball in play. And they sorely missed these two guys. And, you know, they missed these guys and were forced to have Judge leading off. And then they heard the the noise from the outside and they had Glaber lead off. And it was a mess in the postseason. They missed two guys that could have been leadoff hitters, DJ LeMayu and Andrew Benintendi. Those two guys are contact hitters. Those guys hit for average. That's what the Yankees need more of. More guys that can hit around 300 and more guys that can just put the ball into play and that aren't just strikeout kings looking for the home run like Glaber Torres, like Judge. Judge it wasn't that great in October. Uh, John Carlos Stanton. John Carlos Stanton hits a home run every other game in the postseason, but he's still a strikeout king. Uh, you know, these guys just need to have more contact hitters in the lineup like a DJ LeMayu, like a Benintendi. I don't know who else they might potentially get this offseason. The strikeouts is what killed us. You get a runner on, you get two runners on, and you're striking out. Uh, and then also just the depth. They need more depth. They ended up in, in October playing Aaron Hicks. Yankees fans thought he was absolutely done, thought we'd never see him. They end up in October having to play three different shortstops. The shortstop that they chose was not the guy. They forced him on Yankees fans all year and told us, oh, these metrics say he's one of the best. Our eye test tells us <laughs> the guy's got the yips. The guy can't make the routine play. So uh, contact hitters and depth have depth like the depth can't be marwin gonzalez the depth mm. can't be aaron hicks it's got to be uh you know the depth can't even be matt carpenter who disappeared in october not you know not trashing matt carpenter we know he was hurt mm -hmm. um but he burst on the scene for the yankees like memorial day weekend and he had such a, a run uh in the in the summer then he gets hurt he comes back in he literally can't even put bat to ball mm -hmm. another strikeout king so contact hitters and depth so that when you do get late in the season and guys are hurt, you feel good about the guys that are stepping in to replace them, that they aren't rookies or they aren't players that should be, you know, somewhere else, like don't don't belong in the postseason, like in an Aaron Hicks, for example. And even Josh Donaldson, what a disappointment. Um, that trade for IKF and Donaldson just to get Gary Sanchez out of here. It looks worse and worse by the day. I'm hoping that Cashman can fix it and uh, get somebody to take Donaldson. Uh, I just I feel like that was not what they were expecting. They were expecting Donaldson to have a bigger year at the plate and IKF to be a little bit better in the field. They weren't expecting much from him at the plate. But all in all, that that adds to the sum of, you know, why you got swept in the in the end, why you couldn't beat the Astros one game. Like what a gap, what a difference uh, the Astros, you know, even their pitching. I think our pitching would have been fine. But it's hard to go out there pit and, and pitch with no run support without being able to break through. The Yankees were close in those first couple games. There were one-run games, and the Yankees couldn't get it going, couldn't break through because, you know, strikeouts kill the rally, the rally, and they don't have enough guys that can put bat to ball and, uh, you know, 
help move the line, help pass the baton. I like it. You got the heart rate going, man. You got the let's let's go. Let's go. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. If if every market could just like, you know, just be this and then they, a lot of them are. I mean, let's say 80% of the markets are. Some of them are like, uh, okay, we'll see. We know we aren't going to spend. We know we aren't going to trade. But you and I, I think you were of the same ilk where, where every day that we wake up in these cold, cold winter months until we get to Tampa or where we get to Fort Myers or whatever it is, every day is a gift because there's rumors and there's this type of conversation. Keith, man, thanks so much for joining. And I, and I hope you'll come on again because we're going to keep this conversation going. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad I can make time. Baseball is never boring. It is getting more exciting year after year. This is a huge year for Major League Baseball. And I'm I'm blessed. Uh, something else I wanted to add like to baseball isn't boring. I feel like I was a part of, you know, the guys that were trying to make baseball cool again. And that was mm-hmm. a thing that we heard for for years. I was in the fan cave in 2014, which was an operation that MOB put together to reach younger fans. And then I got on MOB Network this past year on Off Base, a show that also was geared to get younger fans into the game old young uh casual fans diehard fans baseball is not boring and the game is in a great spot you know and and i'm glad you mentioned all that because you're right like all that really helps and and we did um that we we have a book coming out in march it's yankees fans aren't going to probably buy it but that's okay because it's me and joe kelly talking about why baseball is so fun and I know Yankees fans probably don't like Joe Kelly too much, but so be it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's him and me and, and we're interviewing different people, actors and entertainers and, and athletes and players. And it's along the lines of what you're talking about. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's, it's Joe or me or whoever. Everybody has a story and everybody has, as a reason why they like it and do going through it, much like when you go through your shows. Everybody has a different take and everybody has a different angle. And there is no other sport like that. Zero. There's no other sport like that. And uh, and you're a huge, huge reason why it is not boring because you have the right message and you also have the right personality and, and you have the right perspective. It's awesome. It's awesome to talk to you, Keith. Yeah, you guys got to go get that Tyler Austin interview. See oh, if uh, see if Tyler Austin's hey, available. You know, I'm gonna give you. I'm <laughs> gonna. I, I haven't said this to anyone, okay? But since you've come on, so part of the book, obviously, you know, it's not about Joe, but Joe has his stories, right? Because Joe's good at telling stories. And the Tyler Austin thing happened, so which we all know about, and he gives insight to that. But there's one part of it which I didn't know about. So they play the Yankees. I don't know if you remember this. They had played the Yankees like a week or so later. The Red Sox did. Yeah. And Joe gets booed like nuts, right? It's in right, the all... fight happened in Fenway, and then you came back to the right, Bronx. Right, came back. <laughs> They're driving through Times Square with the agents, with his agent, Sam and Seth Levinson. And Joe starts yelling in the car, stop the car, start the car. And Tyler Austin was walking across the street. <laughs> that's yeah. great you can't yeah. make that up <laughs> yeah and, and his agents quickly they locked the door in a hurry but uh yes uh but yeah so it's all that's good great. it's all good it's a lot it was a lot of fun and it's a lot of fun to talk to you and uh and we'll talk soon i hope we will thanks man thank you 
In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.